It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hey there, everybody. Welcome on into a July 4th edition of Locked On Patriots. Mark Schofield back in the big chair for today, Thursday, July 4th, 2019. For a great many of you, this is a holiday. For some of you, this may be anything but a holiday. It may just be another workday. If you're listening across the pond, this may be a day that acknowledges some ungrateful traders. I get it. But look, the show rolls on either way here at Locked On Patriots today. Is part nine of Patriots A to Z here at Locked On Patriots. We are going to have a show today brought to you by the letters Q and R. Getting closer and closer to the end of phase two of the offseason program here at Locked On Patriots, which means we're getting closer and closer to phase three, which is a little time off for your boy where we're going to be running some best of stuff. But since it is a holiday, don't want to take up too much of your time, a little any more than necessary. So let's dive into it first with the cavalcade of reminders. Check out the workplaces like. InsideThePylon.com, Pro Football Weekly, Matt Waldman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio, and yes, that holy trinity of SB Nation websites, Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, where yes, the QB Sco Show is back. Mr. Kist and I dropped episode 26 this week, covered such topics as the Battle of Alatia, and did, who, ju, did Julius Caesar, stumbled on that a bit, but did Julius Caesar have history's first burner account? Oh, and we talk some football, too. Also, of course, Pat's Pulpit, where my How It Happened series is back in action this week, breaking down Week 7, Patterson's house call and how that kick return came together. That's right. Your boy breaking down some special teams. Now let's dive into the agenda for today. The people, the plays, and the moments that have made this franchise. We're going to start with the letter Q, and we're done. Not many cues. Absolutely no cues. Zero cues. We are sans cue. So let's move on to the letter R. Tom Ramsey. When your young venerable host here was just becoming a football fan, I was enthralled by the man on the sideline with a clipboard. Little did I know it would foreshadow my own future. As a college football player. But Tom Ramsey, quarterback out of UCLA, drafted in the 10th round of the 1983 NFL Draft. Yes, Tom Ramsey was technically a part of the historical 83 quarterback class. He was drafted just nine rounds after Tony Eason. But the Patriots did double down at the quarterback position that year, drafting Tom Ramsey. He spent his the bulk of his career with the Patriots. Saw some limited action in 1986. Actually started four games for New England, three in 87 and one in 88. He threw nine touchdown passes. Excuse me, that's nine interceptions and six touchdown passes during his time. As a starter for the Patriots, spent his final year with the Indianapolis Colts. J.R. Redman, running back for New England, most famous for a catch and run on the game-winning drive 
in Super Bowl 36. Redmond, out of Arizona State, just spent a couple of seasons with the Patriots. But 2002, his last season with New England, was probably his best, at least in terms of what he contributed to the team on that final drive. His best statistical season by far was his first year. He was drafted in the third round of the 2000 draft, 76 overall, and as a rookie, played in 12 games, started five, 125 carries for 406 yards and a touchdown. It would be his only regular season touchdown. Darrell Revis, one year in New England, but what a year it was. Better himself, little contract year, one year kind of deal, wins a Super Bowl title. Obviously, Revis is best known for his time spent with the Jets, one season with Tampa Bay. I mean, he's a fantastic player. We'll go into the Hall of Fame someday. Probably wearing a Jets uniform, but still helped deliver a Super Bowl title. Jordan Richards. Jordan Richards. Well, what can we say about Jordan Richards? He was drafted by the Patriots a little bit earlier than people expected. And his time in New England was met with some strife. Drafted in the second round, 64th overall, when, well, let's just face it, there were some other players available. And if you're looking at evidence that perhaps Belichick, the general manager, might be a weak link in his tool bit, toolkit, tool bag, whatever you want to call it, this pick might be a way to go. Because on the board when they picked, Tyler Lockett, pretty good wide receiver out of Kansas State. That's, that would have been nice. Duke Johnson was on the board. Jordan Hicks was on the board. Tyler Croft was on the board. There are some good players available. Genio Grissom was on the board who the Patriots would draft at the end of the third round. And so there were some good players available. Patriots went in a different direction. But Jordan Richards, part of Patriots history. Stephon Ridley had some fumble issues. Soon found his way out of New England. But he did have some good time spent in New England. His best year by far, 2012, his second year in the league. 16 games, 12 starts, 290 carries for 1,263 yards and 12 touchdowns. Those numbers would all be career highs. Spent some time with the Jets, with Atlanta. Last two seasons with Pittsburgh. And in April of 2018, he was re-signed by the Steelers for one more year. So we'll see how Mr. Ridley fares in the year ahead. Tony Romeo. No, not Tony Romo. Not the former quarterback turned football seer. But no, Tony Romeo. A tight end for the Patriots out of Florida State during the 1960s. Started his career with the Dallas Texans in the AFL, but then spent the rest of his time in the AFL with the Boston Patriots. He had 110 receptions for the Patriots and 10 touchdowns over his career. His best year, touchdown-wise, was 1964, where he had four touchdown receptions. His best year in the league, probably his first year with the Patriots. 34 catches for 608 yards. Tony Romeo, tight end for the Patriots during the 1960s. Eric Rowe, defensive back of note. Moving on, Jack Rudolph, a linebacker for, again, the Boston Patriots in the 60s out of Georgia Tech. Played for them in 1960 and then 62, 63, 64, 65, 66. He had two interceptions in 1960, 66. He had one interception as well, tackles. Don't have stats on that, but he played 
Oh, excuse me, 66, he was with the Miami Dolphins. So he did not have an interception for the Patriots that year. If he did, that would be a little strange. But Jack Rudolph, a linebacker for the Patriots, who was drafted by the Boston Patriots in the second round of the 1960 AFL draft. Logan Ryan. Logan Ryan, a reserve defensive back for the Patriots. As far as current Patriots, D'Angelo Ross, defensive back out of New Mexico. Landon Roberts, middle linebacker, two-down thumper type. Derek Rivers. Are we going to see this year, finally, Derek Rivers live up to the promise? A lot of people are hoping, praying, hoping beyond hope that Rivers will live up to the hype, but we have yet to see it. Maybe this will be the year. We also have some coaches, Rod Rust. One year in New England, 1990, and what a year it was. What in 15? Look, I mean, that 1990 team, it was a rough bunch. Just a rough bunch. They started 1-1. One one. They lost to the Dolphins, opening day, 27-20, home loss. But then they go to Indy. 16, 14, you're thinking, okay, one and one. And then things sort of go south from there. They lose the remaining 14 games. And Rod Russ spent just one year in New England. Some of the great players on that team, well, quarterback Mark Wilson, we have yet to get to him. Started six games. Tommy Hodson started six games that year. Oy, yeah, this 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 is rough. This was rough times. Those of you, you younger Pats fans, those that had to, did not live through this nineteen ninety team, just be glad. Irvin Fryer, part of the team. Mosey Tatupo. Can't wait to talk about Mosey. But yeah, that this was a rough team. Hartley Dykes, ten games, ten starts, thirty-four catches, two touchdowns. Patriots, their best receiver that year, Ted and Marv Cook, 51 catches, five touchdowns. Irvin Fryer, 54 catches, four touchdowns. Those aren't great numbers, but yep, Rod Rust. Also, another coach of note to mention here, Clive Rush, coach for the Boston Patriots. Or were they finally the New England Patriots? I'm trying to see. Yep, they were still the Boston Patriots. He coached 21 games. For the Boston Patriots, 14 in 1969 when the team went, 4-10. And, and then just 7 in 1970 when the team went, 1-6. So Mr. Rush, a 5-16 record as coach of the New England Patriots. So the two coaches we talked about today have a combined 6-31 record. That's why you're not hearing about these guys too much. Anyway. That will do it for part one of this show. Part two, the plays. What are we going to talk about? We've got a ton. We've actually got some cues, but we've got a lot of ours to get to. I don't know how many we're going to cover. We're going to do our best. That is ahead. On part nine. Is it part nine? Yes, it is part nine. Of Patriots A to Z. Here at Locked on Patriots.
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Mark Schofield back here now, here in part nine of Patriots A to Z, brought to you by the letters Q and R, mostly focusing on R because, let's face it, as we just saw, no Qs to talk about when it came to the people, but we do have a couple of plays to talk about, but we got a lot of R's to talk about, and we've got like a whole slew of terms to get to. Let's start with Rock Out, which is an inside receiver, slot receiver, out route. Release the 12-yard stem, roll off your inside foot, and speed cut towards the sidelines. Gain in depth to 15 yards. This is a good route versus cover five. No hint at the top of the route. You don't want to give it away that you're going to break to the inside. That Those are the coaching points on this route. There's return. Also a slot receiver route. Inside release. Get to four yards. Sit if uncovered. Pivot and return outside if matched. Sell the under as sell the crossing route that you're going to stay underneath before pulling back out versus zone sit versus man stay in the move back towards the sideline the difference between this and juke which are two very similar routes on juke you have the option to work across the field return you don't you either sit or break back outside also some coaching points on this one you got to get to four yards two zone sit down we just talked about that you have a possible locked return on some concepts. Ring, which we will probably get to if we have time, as well as follow. You are coming back no matter what. Also, against zone coverage, know which defender you're working off of. Make sure you know if that you want to work off that inside middle of the field underneath defender. You don't want to make your decision based on somebody else. So that's return in the Patriots playbook. Read, another inside receiver route. This is an convertible option type route get to six yards at the top of that stem you must break out or turn and sit against zone you turn outside and sit versus man you break out towards the sidelines off the inside foot so this is a convertible option type route where you're running either a curl route where you turn to the outside or you running out if the flat is unoccupied take it alert for trap coverage remember we talked about this in a previous show that trap coverage with a corner Looks like he's going to stay vertical and then traps a slot receiver. You have to be ready for that. Similar to what we just talked about with return. There are some situations on this route design where you are locked. Main situation is pair. A route concept we talked about the other day. You have to break out. You cannot sit down. So that is read in the Patriots playbook. Rattler. Another inside route. Middle of the field open or closed adjustment. Middle of the field open, you're running a middle read. We've talked about that before. It's kind of like a post route where you stay skinny. If the middle of the field is closed against man coverage, you run a cross route and get deep. Remember that cross or shoot or stutter. They've termed it a couple of different things, but what they want you to do, diagonally to 6, then vertically to 12. Then if the middle of the field is closed versus man, you just stay across 12, get in depth to 22 all the way across the formation. If this is zone, but say cover one 
or more likely cover three, which is a more zone with the middle of the field closed. You are going to attack that post safety to 18 yards and then sit down and work back to the quarterback between the hashes. And we, we've talked about why you might do that. If it's, say, cover three, you might want to sit down in front of that safety because the Patriots will, luck in all likelihood, pair something deep over the top with that and try to get that safety to bite down on it. So that is Rattler in the Patriots' playbook. R.A. Sticks. The Patriots have some stick routes, which are basically you're going to run it either to the first down marker or to the goal line. They have R.A. Sticks, and they have a 2x2 version and a 3x1 version. Now, the R.A. Sticks and the 2x2, we have two receivers to each side. This is run by the slot or the tight end. The route is run on the goal line. Sticks runner must understand what route is being run on the end line behind him. Deep return. So if you're matched, sell it to the inside and return back to the outside. So you get upfield, get to the goal line, and then you sort of break to the out. On the in cut, if you are matched, you break it out. If you're not matched, you sit. Expect a low throw. Quarterback's going to put this low. You don't want tipped balls in the end zone. And then on RA sticks, the number three receiver in the three-receiver part of the three-by-one. You stem to three yards, then up to five yards on the goal line, and then across the field, no deeper than one yard deep in the end zone. So RA sticks, the inside receivers run different routes, whether they're inside on a two-by-two or the number three guy in a three-by-one. So that's RA sticks. Patriots also have Q in their playbook. And Q is a variation of a comeback. It's an outside receiver route. You get a pre-snap read. Versus off coverage, you're going to run a 16-yard comeback. That's easy. Versus a rolled coverage, you're where they kind of roll the coverage toward you, you are going to run a stem bow. Bow route, start inside a couple of steps, then break vertically, get to about 18, and then you break to the outside, allowing yourself. It's a speed break to the outside, so you're going to gain some depth. Versus press, you're going to run a wiggle which starts like bow, but instead of breaking outside, you turn inside a couple of steps, and then you get diagonally working away from the quarterback. That's a wiggle route, but that's Q. Again, three options based on coverage for just one receiver's route. I keep telling you, Patriots' playbook is tough on receivers, and we're seeing that in this series. Read in. It's a dig route. Get to 14 yards. Plant with outside foot and break inside, working slightly downhill. That is read in. In. Patriots also have in their playbook some running back routes. They have Ringo, which the other one is Lucky. Remember, we talked about some of the backfield routes. We talked about Lucky. Well, Ringo, it's blitz pickup, then chip to the tackles outside on the end and release outside. Run a sneak or trail to the called side. So on Ringo, you get to the left edge, you block for a second. If you don't have to block, then you can then release, get to four yards, and you turn to the right. Now, what's the difference between Ringo and Ram? Or, excuse me, is it Roy? I was, yeah, Roy. Roy, you break to the opposite side. So, if it is Roy, you are going to sneak through the line of scrimmage, blitz pick up, release through the line to a depth of four yards, and turn to your left. So, even though it's R, Roy, right, you turn left. We talked about this with Lee and Lucky. 
So that's some confusing stuff. But those are some of the single receiver routes. Some of the two-man concepts we'll get to here quickly. Patriots have one called Rake. Rake is a two-man concept in the Patriots playbook. It is off of their sort of option series, I guess you could say. Option or shake. Where the outside receiver runs the return route, which we just talked about. Inside receiver runs a shake, which you get up field the six, a couple steps outside, and then go. It's kind of like a, a stick nod kind of route. So that's Rake in the Patriots playbook. Patriots also have Reed, which is part of their dig or in series. In this series, all the receivers run... 14-yard digs. The outside receiver gets up to 14, then turns to the inside. There is read, which you have the in route, and a read route, which we just broke down. Six yards, turn to the outside, and either you curl by turning to the outside, or you get to the out, to the flat. So you break outside at six yards. Or there's rain, which is in on the outside, and then return. The return runner will be tagged. For example, Z ring would be how it was called in the playbook but that's rain in the patriots playbook patriots also have a two-man concept they have rock whereas outside receiver runs return inside receiver runs the rock out that's rock in the patriots playbook and the patriots have rope and the rope concept as we get to it here is an outside receiver runs a stop Get to nine yards, stop, turn around. But if you get rolled coverage, you're going to go on that. And a return route on the inside. So that's part of, those are some of the two-man concepts. Let's talk three-man here for a second. Got a couple to get to. We've got Rocket, outside receiver, runs a hitch. Middle receiver runs a ram, which is kind of like an angle route. Inside receiver runs an under. There's also Racket, which is similar. Inside receiver under. Middle receiver runs that angle route, which the Patriots call ram. And then outside receiver runs a comeback, which you can convert to a fade if you get press coverage over the top of that. So that is Rocket in the Patriots playbook. What else can we get to here? I mean, excuse me, that's Racket. There's Rifle, which is a three-receiver bunch. Inside receiver runs a deep out. Middle receiver runs that ram. Outside receiver runs the under. That's Rifle. There's also Return, another bunch concept. Outside receiver runs a return as you might expect. Middle receiver, the apex receiver on the line of scrimmage, runs a deep in at 12 yards. Inside receiver runs a diagonal. We've seen a lot of that in the Patriots playbook where we get these bunch looks and that inside receiver runs a diagonal. But that play, return in the Patriots playbook. We're running low on time, so I'm going to skip the rest of these, but there, just know that there are a ton of our designated plays in the Patriots playbook. I was stunned going through it. I mean, there's some we didn't get to. Raffle, Rake, Red. But we got a lot more to talk about. Specifically, the Raiders. That's ahead to close out Part 9 of Patriots A to Z here at Locked on Patriots. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Mark Schofield back with you now. And 
We'll close this out by saying a few words about the Patriots and the Raiders. And look, the history between these teams, it's a lot more than just the 2002 divisional round, which some people call the tuck rule game. And I have yet to decide when we fully cover that game, if I'm going to do it under S for snow or T for tuck. It's probably going to be S for snow. But we can do it in either show because remember, S and T are going to be paired together in episode 10 of Patriots A to Z. But these teams have played a lot over the years. And there have been some fascinating games in the history between these two teams. For example, September of 1978, this is a game that the Patriots won 21-14. Oakland got out to a quick start, 14-0 after the first quarter. But the Patriots stormed back. Three unanswered scores. You get a touchdown pass from Steve Grogan to Russ Francis. Horace Ivory and Sam Bam Cunningham each got some run touchdowns and the Patriots would pull off a 21 to 14 win. 1986, Patriots 27, Raiders 20 in the divisional round. New England scores early on a Lynn Dawson touchdown reception from Tony Easton who was in for an injured Steve Grogan, but the Raiders took a 17-7 lead. They got touchdown runs from Jesse Hester and Marcus Allen. At halftime this was a 20 to 17 game. But the Raiders would not score again. The Patriots defense stiff and New England scores 10 points in the third. They get a fumble recovery in the Raiders' end zone and the Patriots move on to the AFC Championship game. November 1987, Patriots 26, Raiders 23. Just one touchdown offensively. 15-yard pass from Mosi to Tupu to Tony Collins. They also did, I, I read that wrong, they also did get a touchdown pass from Steve Grogan or Irvin Fryer. The Patriots hold on, and then they would get a Tony Collins game-winning field goal with one second left to break a 23-23 tie and pull out the victory. 1994, Drew Bledsoe gets one crack at the Raiders, throws three interceptions, and the Raiders... Top of the Patriots, 21-17. to 17. Of course, the snow game. Patriots 16, Raiders 13. We all know how that one turned out and why. Yes, we know the rules and everything. But the Raiders got a little bit of revenge the next year. When in, in November of 2020, the following season, 27-20. September 2014, Patriots 16, Raiders 9. Raiders back to Foxborough. Some other games between these franchises. Well, there's a moment we do need to talk about. This was a preseason game. 1978. Between the Patriots and the Raiders. Darryl Stinley was hit by Raiders defensive back Jack Tatum. He reached for an errant pass. His helmet made contact with Tatum's shoulder pad, compressing his spinal cord and breaking his fourth and fifth cervical vertebrae. He eventually would regain some limited movement in his right arm and spent the rest of his life as a quadriplegic. That injury came just after Sinley had finished negotiating a contract extension that would have made him the one of the highest paid receivers in the NFL. The new contract was to be announced when the Patriots returned from this game. Instead, it was never signed. The hit was controversial at the time, but it wasn't against the rules. It was not helmet-to-helmet contact. No penalty was called. However, today the NFL has banned all blows to the head or neck of a defenseless player and has disallowed players to launch themselves in tackling defenseless players. Now, 
The other thing to remember is that this came in a preseason game. And part of the frustration for Patriots players is that you did not need to do this. You did not need to have a hit like this in a preseason game. And it sort of brings up the why play these games. They're just preseason games. Nothing good can really come out of them. And the other thing to remember is that Tatum was known as the NFL's assassin. This was who he was as a player. He played 10 seasons, won a Super Bowl ring, but he was a ferocious player. I like to believe that my best hits border on felonious assault, he wrote in the 1980 book, They Call Me Assassin. Stanley and Tatum never reconciled. Tatum did not apologize for the hit, earning him considerable national scorn. And in that book, Tatum wrote, when the reality of Stanley's injury hit me with its full impact, I was shattered. To think that my tackle broke another man's neck and killed his future. In 1996, Tatum and Stanley were supposed to meet for a television appearance, but Stanley called it off after being told it was to publicize a book written by Tatum. It's not so much that Darrow doesn't want to, but it's the people around him, Tatum told the Oakland Tribune in 2004. So we haven't been able to get through that. Every time we plan something, it gets messed up. Getting to him or getting him back to me, it never happens. But the Stanley hit was not the only one that Tatum was known for. In 1977, that Super Bowl against the Vikings, he hit Vikings wide receiver Sammy White so hard that White's helmet flew off, a play now seen on highlight reels. It was Tatum's hit on receiver Frenchy Fuqua in a 1972 playoff game that sent a Terry Bradshaw pass ricocheted into the arms of Franco Harris, who ran the ball in for the Steelers' touchdown to play christened the Immaculate Reception. Part of the Raiders-Patriots history is this play between Tatum and Stanley, and it's a play that Changed both men's lives in serious ways, especially for Darryl Sinley, who never signed that contract and never walked again. Just part of the Patriots-Raiders lore and part of Patriots history, which we are covering in this Patriots A to Z series. But that will do it for part nine, part ten, S and T. We're going to talk some more Patriots-Raiders with the, let's say, snow game. We also got a lot of players a lot of coaches to talk about. I mean, just, just some of the names we're going to get through. You know, Asante Samuel. You know, you'd want to talk about <laughs> moments. You know, that's a name we'll be talking about. Junior Seau, Richard Seymour. Some great Patriots over the years to get to. Some, some plays to get to. So it's going to be another fun show. So that will do it for today. Again, happy 4th of July to all of you who are observing. For those of you who are looking at this, just as a day of ungrateful ingrates that bailed you i do apologize remember united states great britain still strong allies and friends so don't be too bitter over but that will be do it that will do it for today i'll be back tomorrow until next time keep it locked right here to me mark schofield and locked on patriots If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.